What's good, you guys? This is YoCorrect, and in today's 15 to 20 minute episode, um, I'm going to be talking a little bit about, um, this is, I guess I should say it's targeted towards my high my fellow high school and early college audience, um, this, this essentially, this episode is basically how to give yourself, um, the time and the, um, money necessary, um, to build cumulative wealth while, um, still in high school, which is actually not a bad topic to cover, um, however, however, it's a really, it's really interesting to cover that topic, but, um, but anyway, um, something that really crossed my mind when I was delving through topics and I looked at my own finances to see how I'm progressing is, and how I can further progress myself is, um, looking into my accounts and realize and realizing that the first step is to get a car and maintain a car and the problem for problem for me going forward is not that i can't do that but 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 rather that rather that sometimes because high schoolers and early college students are not um, don't have college degrees, most of them anyway, don't have college degrees yet, it makes it extremely difficult for them to find high-wage jobs that can build them cumulative wealth faster. And so they spend, on average, at, um, on average, include not just their high school years, but including their college years and the time that they spend um, in, um, looking for a job in ninth and 12th grade, and if they don't get a job until they're in 12th grade, then they basically, um, spent, will spend, will spend even, even more time pondering, and it's actually, it's actually can be very frustrating, um, but there are a few things to keep, few things to keep in mind to remember. Number one, it's never your fault. And the reason why I say it's never your fault is because most most high-wage jobs um, basically requ- um, require a degree. And most of the jobs that you can get that are high-wage that are not um, college degree are high school diploma. So, while you're in high school, you need to try and find a job that can get you not, I'm not even going to say you need to make the most money. This is the rule to follow. For um um for for minimum wage, it's $7.25, although some states are higher. But let's just say and some companies have raised it higher. But let's just say, for example, you're in a state like mine where you get seven dollars and twenty-five cents an hour. Now you may, and now it's not a lot. If you work, if you work full, if we work full time on that job, and you're only getting forty hours, 
can't, um, chances are your, your rate, and let me do the math here to make sure I'm correct, your rate um, is only going to give you $290. And most jobs pay you um, bi-weekly, which means you're only going to get 580 per two weeks, or in this case, 1160 a month. That's um, for part-time because you're in high school. You can see why the system is frustrating. Because that because that's where it gets a little bit how some people would say rigged. Because now you have less hours. Depending on the boss, they might not even give you all the part-time hours because they have to think about their full-time employees too. And then if you factor all that in, let's say you let's say you only got a couple of hours out of a, out of a week. And in some cases, if you can only work the weekends because you have siblings with another schedule. You would only you um the most you could probably even make I would say no more than 180 at seven dollars and twenty five cents biweekly. That is that is more than middle school would ever make in their in their entire three months. But it's significant. But for a high schooler, it, for a high schooler who plans to move out and get cars on their own, especially kids whose parents don't are not privileged are not privileged enough to actually just hand this stuff down, that's where the frustration gets even worse. Because now, not because now you have to try and do two things. You have to try and get higher wage, or if you have a higher wage and you're working the or you're working you might not you, you may need to get more hours and in both cases you probably need to get more hours but here's the general rule of thumb for every dollar you get above minimum wage you need you need to work a certain number of hours so let's say for seven dollars and 25 cents you need to work 20 hours basically in order in what in order the equivalency of that is if you're making eight dollars an hour you would need to make you would need to make 25 hours if you were making nine dollars an hour you would need to make 30 at 30 hours it's basically basically it's a balancing rule and the reason why i say really so why i set i set these unspoken rules here is because the less you make the more hours you need so actually now that i think about it that's backwards seven dollars and 25 cents should be thirty dollars an hour eight dollars should be 25 and nine dollars should be twenty. So that's that. So I correct myself on that. That was actually backwards. So the lesser the wage you make, the more hours you need to essentially break even at um at the average, which the which in some cases the um the average should be no more than ten dollars. If you're making more than ten dollars or fifteen dollars an hour, then good. You should be set, especially at companies that have already that have raised it themselves and not relying on the state. However, um, there are even there are even more issues at play, because if you're a high schooler that's in his his or her or their last year or um, third year, and you have a lot of expenses to cover before you even get out of high school, that's a that's a, that's like several deductions, especially twelfth grade. That's even more deductions. Then you, um, then I'm not even gonna get started on the college expenses. So now, so now you, so now you're in a pickle. So now the question is, what do I do to dig myself out of the hole? Well, the hole is probably not the easiest to climb, but with the methods that I have, I can show you how to get out of the hole. First of all, 
most parents, unless they're um, maybe master's degree, bachelor's degree, or even professor or doctor degree, most parents don't don't um don't tell their kids to um save money um until they're 13. However, if you have if you have younger siblings and you know that they're going to need money later in life, don't wait to tell them. You need to tell them to save every penny they have at at least five, because if because you know the hundreds of dollars that you get for your birthday and Christmas that dwindles down as you get older. So now, so now if you save every single penny of that, because you get gifts anyway for Christmas on top of that money, so you don't really need to buy any more more gifts. You have the gifts, you, um, you just got extra money. So set that aside. And let's say, let's say you start at, let's say you start at 500 um, when you're 10, and you go up to 15, and for every, um, for every set, um year you go you get a hundred less 400 900 300 1200 200 1400 and then 100 1500 if you've saved every single penny of that into your savings account and then don't even kind of take into account interest by the time you're um, starting high school you already have 1500 dollars. now here's the kicker don't touch that why would you not touch that savings because any additional money you get when you're 16 and 17, the last two years that you really would might might even get anything besides your 18th birthday, and then it, then you just get virtually nothing. Then if you have that $1,500 in there, that accumulates interest. But not only does that accumulate interest, but when you get to your high school fees, if you take the 16 and 17 year um, marks and save that money to your checking account. When you get into 12th grade, you can spend that money on the other stuff and potentially still leave the other $2,000 because that's probably how much you'll have by the time you get to 17 per monthly or yearly interest. Then you'll then you'll actually you'll actually still have the same amount of money by the money potentially by the time you um, get to 12th grade. Then when you get a job, that um, that's going to be even more money on top of it. And at least you'll have a starting foundation to get that car um, and then that and then that enough money to keep the car. And that's how that's how um, that's where I've kind of I kind of messed up a little bit because I'm a little bit behind the curve. But I'm but it's uh, but it's not too far behind the curve to the point where I have nothing. It's far it's far enough behind far enough behind the curve where it would take me at least three to five months of saving every wage I got and trying and trying not to touch the monthly payments that I do get, um, to be able to reach the fifteen hundred mark. And so once I reach fifteen hundred, if I reach fifteen hundred, then then I then I really then I really start to make bank. And then the kicker to the college thing is, depending on the degree field, most colleges can or some can give you paid internships. Now, when you're in college, um, if you have your own car at that point, then you'll be you'll be good and set to work multiple jobs. This ultimately neatly means more money, which in terms me uh, means more hours, which then means more wealth. Which then means by the time you get out of out of college, you'll have enough money saved up. You can start by you, you shouldn't start by buying an apartment right away, 
the general term is to wait six months after you finish college um, in order to move out of your parents' house. However, I recommend 12 months because the, because the reasoning behind this is if you don't find a salary-based job in your first six months and you start the apartment too soon, then that's monthly rent and you'll and then you'll never be able to stop those payments until a year of the contract or five years depending on the term is up that takes your money away and then you're back in the hole so now so now you have now you now that's your choice to make but if you do decide to stay for 12 months you don't you don't need to look for the highest level salary-based job as most college students after they get out, unless unless they're bachelor's degree kids, if they're associate's degree kids, most of them will not be getting married or having or having any special other people um, besides their maybe their girlfriend or boyfriend um, or somewhere in between um, until after until after they have they've even gone the full six months to maybe thirty six months. Sorry. So that's something that that I take that I take notice with in the current the common mistake. And so mainly this episode is prim- you can you can kind of view it as for the underprivileged kids because the because the variable factors is how much money your parents have and ha- and and how much money you have from birth. So if you don't have a lot of money from birth, this is especially for you. If you do have money from birth or a lot of money from birth, you can still use this, but and I recommend using this this episode, but this episode will not pertain to you as much as the stuff that you guys get can possibly be handed down to you, especially if you have close contacts that can get you cars and stuff easily, and then, you, and, and then you're definitely in that um, kind of bunch. And so this is this is really this is really for low income families to try and help their to try and help their kids get out of the hole because um, high wage families don't necessarily have that issue so this might not be so much as for them. But now on to the salary job. If you even if even if you start at a thirty four thousand dollar a year salary, it's still better than nothing, and and at least and at least you know. That if you start at a thirty-four thousand dollar a year salary and you gain experience in that job, maybe ten years later, after having an apartment and saving everything you have, you can um you can get a higher job. But the first thing you need to do is you have to is you have to gain experience. Plus, then once you get the higher wage job and work your way up the chain, then you basically have to make some choices. Do you want to stick with the apartment, continue making monthly payments? And most people who have more than $55,000 don't necessarily rent their own houses. Most of them don't. However, um, if you do decide to rent beyond $55,000 a year, something you should keep in mind is, depending on the location, and and I um, um, and I and I know and I know there are some places in the world. But, um, um, in the entire world, not just the United States, where this where this can become a practice, is that let's let's say you have ninety four thousand dollars, and let's say the owner the owner of the the owner of the apartment is strict owner. They don't have a board or anything, and they're just strict owner. 
and let's say they have a rule that's a rule that says that you cannot you can't you you basically have to have a certain income to rent there but then not just that if you have over a certain income let's say there was a there was, say there was a renting place that had that rule where you if you have over a certain income then you um 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 then um then at, then at that point then at that point you either have to pay more or get out so because um because you have to think of it from their bottom line that's more money for them but then but then also but then also it kind of crosses my mind thinking about this that may, that 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 might that might why that might be true in rare instances that's not that's 90% of the time that's not the case but let's say it was the case hypothetically or if it is the case hypothetically and you're in that situation then you're going to be forced to have to choose between um, finding and finding somewhere that doesn't have those rules or getting an apart getting a house and so now you have to consider the house buying market because this is where it gets tricky um, if you have a certain amount of money a year make a certain amount a year it's a good idea to save 20% of it towards a house if you have a mortgage it's a good idea to save 40% because something could happen and the bank might not cover the loan or have a moratorium on the loan to keep you in the house until the crisis is resolved. Um, unless for some reason your bank is, ma is magic and somehow has a money tree in their yard where they could just do their money dance the entire day and God will send them down $100,000 per um, year. So if they So if they have a money tree like that, then I kind of want to go visit it because I want to get I want to go pick up a pick up at least a hundred k from off a money tree if that was a thing I know it's not a thing but if it was a thing I want to get a hundred thousand dollars out of it. Banks don't plant a money tree. People are probably going to go nuts if there was such a thing as a money tree. Don't plant a money tree. You're doing yourself a big um, disservice. Also, robbers love robbers love money. Money attracts robbers. Robbers see money tree. Money tree gets cut. Money tree gets bye-bye. So I'm just telling you that. Hypothetically, if there was a money tree, that would be a thing. Anyway, back on track. Um, there's something. There's some other things to keep in mind with the housing market. Where you live. Now you don't want a you don't want a neighborhood where people people are shooting outside your house every minute of the day you don't want a neighborhood that's too wealthy and then you spend too much money um and if and and if you're and if you're living in a particular suburb you probably don't want to house this within the city limits city taxes in so in some states most states anyway unless for some reason you want to live in the city and there's a calm quaint neighborhood that's balanced if there's no balanced neighborhoods in the city and they're so and they're polarized and divided then move out of the city and find one that's kind of close by, but no more probably within 30 minutes, but no farther than that because you still have to get to work and whatnot. And then you want to look for a house that has a median household um, value. Why do I say median household value? Because if you have a $100,000 house versus a $400,000 house and a $250,000 dollars house, chances are you want the 250,000 house because it's balanced on taxes so you don't have to pay so much on it balanced on mortgage so you don't have to pay so much on that 
and it's good quality, good neighborhood. It may not have all the features you want in it, but it'll fit maybe four people or six. Definitely not eight because you need a mansion for that. And if you don't have a mansion, well, then you're kind of screwed. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, but anyway, um, let's see. Now, the last subject I want to cover is keeping keeping the wealth for generations until you die. Well, the higher your wage or salary when you retire, the more Social Security you get. The lower your wage, the less you get. I don't know why that's a thing in the United States. Not a thing in other countries, but here, yes. So, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to get the highest wage there is. But if you're gonna, but if you're gonna set up, if you're gonna set up a um, set up a low um, a low wage job, chances are you're gonna need those benefits, because if those benefits don't kick in, you don't do your whole time at the job until you're required to retire, and even teaching positions, if they they don't want you to retire, and the benefits are as such, wet where you have to teach for so long, up until your 80s almost that you basically cannot retire um, in the immediate future. County and city and state jobs, government jobs, they their term is usually 30 years. I know that because I know that because my dad is at the county level. Um, but even so, you probably want to keep the term of retirement in mind. 30, 60, 80 is usually the terms. Most retail is going to probably be 60. However, uh, most retail, if you're part-time, they don't get benefits anyway, So unless they get part-time with benefits. So might um, might be reluctant to go that route. And whatever you do, just because um, if you don't have a high-wage job, don't stress. Because people with with lower wage jobs can still make it, they um, they just have a harder time doing so. And whatever you do, if you're not with a person with a higher wage job, don't cast doubt on the people with a lower wage job because the difference the difference between a higher wage employee and a lower wage employee is their jobs can get cut quicker, and they have they have families too. Plus, if you plus plus casting doubt on them and looking down on them is bad because without them, they hits the word essential worker, the economy would basically not function. And the companies that are higher wage who use the materials from the retail stores, most of them, like Walmart, Best Buy, or whatnot, to act and construction companies, to actually finish their projects and get their work supplies and whatnot, if they if they didn't exist. You'd be left pondering, wondering how you can get that stuff yourself. So then you'd be then you'd be extra, extra, extra screwed, and then you and then you wouldn't have any then you wouldn't have anything at all. So yay to them. So now so now I'm going to close it there. Uh, that's a lot to cover. Your guide to building financial wealth. That's what I'm going to call this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this amazing, fantastic episode. You guys can send a voice message or email. I'll leave my emails in the description. I have a Google Voice number, but I haven't set it up on my new phone yet. So 
just give me a just give me a heads up if you wanna call me on that or text me on that. That's U.S. This U.S. only number. So if you're international, don't call that or text it. I will not respond. Um, not because of you, but because charges incurred in the U.S. for international data roaming is kind of potent when you call international numbers that are not Canada and Mexico. So yeah. I should I should be able should be able to make calls to Mexico and Canada with my with my US cellular plan. But in the but just but in the event that I don't, it's because I'm not taking any chances. Because that's my cellular bill. So um anyway, hope you guys had fun on this episode. I am your car wrecked and I am out of here. OMPS, um, I had plans to record Need for Speed, and um, I'm not sure when I'm going to do it. Part 2. I'm not sure when I'm going to do it, so be on the lookout for that, because I'm working on it. Trying my hardest, okay? Um, see you guys in the next episode.